0: Hey everybody, welcome back to day three of week four of our Lewis Fort Baptist Church 2024 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. This is Pastor Jonathan White. Uh, and looking forward to today, wrapping up week four. We've been uh looking earlier this week at, at the flood narrative in Genesis th- uh six through nine. Um hope that's been an encouragement to you. And today we're gonna look at honestly what's probably my favorite chapter uh in all of Scripture in Romans chapter eight. As I said at the end of the last podcast. Uh, this is really not enough time to get into the full beauty of this chapter. You know, Romans, uh, I think, is really just the crowning piece of literature in all of Scripture. And Paul's uh, just theological depth and and nuance that he uses and, and just the level at which he's uh, connecting Old Testament Scripture to New Testament and to point those all to Jesus. Like, it is, it is... Really, the perfect biblical theology wrapped up in just a few short chapters of of that book, and today we're looking at, I think what is really the centerpiece of that letter uh in Romans chapter eight. you know it's often said if I think I said in the last podcast, if you were on a deserted island and you needed one chapter of scripture to tell you everything you needed to know uh about God about who we are as man, and about who Jesus is and what he uh came to this earth to do, like Romans eight is your chapter uh and really from from the beginning of romans eight in, in verse one. Paul sets the bar so high, right? He's been laying out his theology, talking about the law and about grace. Uh, and in verse one of Romans eight, he says, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And honestly, like that message alone or that verse alone is the gospel, right? That if you are in Christ, you are no longer condemned because of your sins. And what a <laughs> what joy we find in that one verse, right? That if you are in Christ, if Christ is in you, The condemnation that you would have faced for your sinfulness, for the sins you have committed, for your sin nature, that condemnation is no longer yours. Christ has taken it for you. If you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. And he explains that in the following verses, right? Verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So Paul introduces this idea of of the spirit, right, coming into us and setting us free from our sinfulness. And Paul has has done this kind of theology of of sin leading up to this point, right, and in our In our particular Bible reading plan that we're working through, right, this week three, four, and five are are dealing with the idea of the fall and and original sin and God's judgment against sin. And up to this point, we saw even in Romans 1 and Romans 5 how, how sin came into the world and how our sin ultimately condemns us. But now Paul tells us that God has sent the Spirit through Christ to us uh, to really set us free from the condemnation that comes under the law, right? And now that Paul has introduced the Spirit, it's incredible how just all the language he uses changes, right? Uh, He's shown that, that the law ultimately can't save you, only Christ can, that if you're in Christ, you have now received the Spirit that Christ is in, with, and through us. He is in all things, that he took the penalty of the law so that we can now fulfill the law's requirement through the power of the Spirit, right? We can't achieve that perfection of our own, but through the power of the Spirit, through Christ's sacrifice for us, his atoning death for us, we can now receive the Spirit and fulfill what the law requires. And now Paul has started talking about this Spirit. We don't see anything else about sin, really, in the rest of his letter, right? His focus has shifted now from the condemnation that is under law, under the law to now the grace that we have in Christ through the Holy Spirit. He mentions the Spirit 16 times in the the next 17 verses. Like it's it's incredible how uh how lofty he holds the the Spirit in this passage, right? And he's what he's basically saying is that this this Messiah that he's been teaching on, this Jesus that has come, who has died for us and now the Spirit that we have been sent, we as followers, as those who have trusted in Jesus, we share in that Messiah's rule because we've been grafted in by the power of the spirit right which means that that we now uh have Christ within us right he is in us he is uh with us and he is in all things right to be grafted in with the messiah that grafting is uh it's like a agricultural language right somebody who who grows uh maybe grapevines right you you prune some of the the vines and then uh, basically, it's like weaving them into to other branches so that they may grow on this other branch. That's what grafting is. We've been cut off from those who were condemned in their sin and have been grafted into those uh, and been given a, who have trusted in Christ. and been given a new life as a new creation in Him. But to be grafted in with the Messiah means we now walk the same route as Him. Right. That's what Paul continues to talk about uh, as he goes on in, in Romans eight. Right. That if if we're now heirs of Christ, then He uh, tells us that we are going to. In verse 17, he says, And if children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified uh, with him. We've talked a little bit, you know, even in our Sunday mornings of the last several weeks, how suffering is really one of the mark of, of a true disciple, right? To suffer is to be identified with Christ in his suffering. But we always also see that suffering is followed by a future blessing, right? And that's what Paul tells us here that we suffer with him in order that we might also be glorified with him. And and what he goes on to talk about then is the the future glory that is coming in Christ, right? And he tells us that really everything in the universe, whether it be us as as individuals, as those made in God's image, or whether it's creation itself, we're we're groaning, we're longing for this new creation uh, that is to come. Churches as, as I'm sitting here today, if this is uh, this is Thursday uh, of this week, and and most of you all, I'm sure, probably saw the fog this morning, where you couldn't see really 50 feet down the road. And between the fog and the temperature changes, the ice last week, the almost 60 degrees temperatures we have this week, like my my body is feeling the effects of that. Right? Temperature changes always get my sinuses all messed up, and I am fully convinced that that the problems that I face because of that are because of the fall, right? I don't believe there were sinus headaches in the Garden of Eden, right? I don't believe that people faced stiff joints because of temperature changes in the Garden of Eden, right? I think my, the, the bodily pain that I'm experiencing this week is 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 a, pointing, pointing me to the truth, right? That my body longs for the new creation, right? Where uh, when Christ comes back and, and makes all things new and returns things to their perfectly created order and intent, and what this passage tells us is that all of creation will ultimately reach this renewed state over which Christ will reign, right when we enter into this new creation, right when Christ comes again to to unwind the curse right that's kind of the theme for Romans eight is this unwinding of the curse of sin right and that's why Christ came right he came to make all things new to restore uh, and really to inaugurate god's eternal kingdom in his creation and and gosh guys i'm I'm anxious for that day I'm excited for that day. Uh, but until then, and as the Lord tarries before Christ comes back, we look toward that day with longing and with expectancy, knowing that he is working in our lives even now to prepare us for that day. That's what Paul is really talking about in, in this section of Romans 8. Right? He talks about how the Spirit is working within us to prepare us for that day. In verse 25 it says, But if we hope for what do we not, for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Right? It takes patience, it takes hope, looking for the promises of God to come. And then there in verse 30, we have what uh, what some theologians might call the golden chain of salvation, right? This is really how the process of salvation works out uh, in the life of every believer. It says, "In those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. You know, God is sovereign over salvation from beginning to end, right? He works within us to draw us to him through the power of the Spirit. He saves us, forgives us of our sins, and then he begins sanctifying us, right? But before he sanctifies us, he justifies us, right? And I've heard it said that justified is basically just meaning that it is it is just as if I'd never sinned. Sinned is a good way to put that. Um, so in the eyes of the Lord, when we have been saved by Christ, when we've been called by him and he, when he has justified us, Christ no longer sees our sinfulness. He only sees the righteousness of Christ that has been imputed to us. But then those whom he justified, he also glorified. So we see this is the process of salvation from beginning to end. That end being the day when Christ comes again and makes all things new, makes a new creation, restores creation to its created intent, right? Church, I'm excited for that day when I will be glorified with God through the power of Jesus Christ and my body will no longer ache. We will no longer suffer the effects of sin in this world. We will only enjoy our glorified state with Christ for eternity. And then Paul finishes up chapter eight talking about uh, God's everlasting love for us. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Like What more encouragement could you really need? And, but then he really wraps up this idea in verses 38 and 39 he says for i'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of god in christ jesus our lord church i know there's obstacles out there for each of us we all have different pains we're facing we all have different trials going on in our life but let Paul's encouragement here lift you up in this season, knowing that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ. If you are in Christ, you can look forward to that day when he is coming in to unwind that curse for eternity, right? When we will no longer experience the pains, the consequences of sin. But we will be with him, we will be in his presence, and we will be glorified as he is glorified in us. Church, I'm so excited for that day. And I'm thankful that even in the, the midst of discussing hard truths like the fall and God's judgment against him, that we can look with hope for the day to come. will sin will be no more and that enemy will be defeated once and for all. Church, I'm thankful for you. I hope this week has been a blessing to you. Next week is a bit of a slower week when it comes to our uh, reading plan. We're really just looking at Psalm 51 and Second Peter uh, 3 as we kind of look at, again, wrapping up this idea of the fall, original sin and judgment. So I would encourage you even in, in next week to go back to some of the previous weeks, use this opportunity to catch up uh, potentially. And, and even if you were to look ahead a little bit, because then we'll pick up in uh, the following week, the February 5th through 11th week, uh, turning our attention into God's covenant promises to Abraham. And we really get into some some meaty scripture there. It's so good. I'm excited for the next couple of weeks, and I'm thankful that y'all are along uh, this journey with us. Until next time, God bless.